0: Good morning, Trinity Church Allgate. Thank you so much for having me here this morning. Uh, it's a real joy to join you. Um, now, I've, I'm a bit of a self-professed music lover. Uh, I'm sure many of us do enjoy music, I've, although I can't sing to save my life. Uh, I was having trouble keeping up with actions, let alone singing. But uh, one thing I do know is that you know, there, there are some songs around telling us how to praise God. So for example, uh, up on the screen behind me, the contemporary philosopher ASAP Rocky Uh, Came out with a song last year called Praise the Lord. Now, just a a smattering of his lyrics, his musings on God. Uh, I came, I saw, I came, I saw. I praise the Lord, then break the law. I take what's mine, then take some more. It rains, it pours, it rains, it pours. Uh, Now, for some reason, we don't tend to sing this very much in church. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if that surprises you. I don't know if you're disappointed that we don't sing it. And I reckon the big reason besides certain copyright laws is that it's not actually a song about praising God. Uh, it's not a song that's really interested in God or who he is. And when we compare that to Psalm 139, you know, one of, one of Israel's hottest 150, uh, we see a song that is all about God, that is all about an awesome God who is worthy of praise, a song about a God who deserves real praise. Uh, so we're going to get into it. If you have leaflets, there's space to take notes. If you have coloring in things because you're a child in here, uh, enjoy coloring in. Uh, if you don't, you're not a child but want something to color in, um, you can try. But as we get into it, how about we pray? Father God, we do give you great thanks that you're a God who's made himself known to us. Pray now as we read your word, you'll help us to hear you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, well, it'd be great to keep the Bibles open in front of you there. Now, the first verse of this hottest 150 song sings to us that God is awesome because he knows us. Now, please look with me at verses one to three. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. God knows everything about you. God knows everything about me. He knows when it's late at night, and you know we're we're putting on our PJs and you know just getting ready for bed and and all that. You know he knows uh, when. You know what do you think of my PJs? Let's be honest. Um, You know, and he knows when we get up in the morning, we take off our PJs, we get dressed. He knows when we're happy. He knows when we're sad. He knows everything. God knows us completely. How amazing is that? Girls, boys, grown ups, God completely knows you. He knows your personality. He knows whether or not you like coriander. He knows what you thought of my pajamas. This makes God awesome. But it's also kind of scary, isn't it? God knows me completely. He knows when I yell at mum and dad. He knows when I lie to my tax return. God cares about what we think. God cares about what we do. And He is paying attention. Now, as scary as this is, I think it's also comforting. When I feel all alone, when I feel like no one could possibly understand me, this song reminds me that God knows. It reminds me that God understands how I feel. God cares about you. God knows you. Well, our God is awesome because he knows us. Secondly, our God is awesome because he is beyond knowledge. Please look with me there in verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. See, even though God knows us entirely, it is very hard for us to know God. Uh, David in his song sings how hard it is to know God. You know, God's thoughts in verse six—they're too wonderful for me. Uh, And down in verses 17 and 18, a bit further on, you know, God's thoughts are so precious; their sum is so vast. You know, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. We're an open book in front of God, and yet it's hard to know God. He's a mystery. Have you ever felt like God's a mystery? David certainly does. Now, sometimes we get a little bit mixed up, though, on what it means for God to be a mystery to us. Uh, It it doesn't mean that God's a puzzle, you know, who if we just squeeze our brains hard enough and try tackling it in different ways, we can figure him out. Uh, It doesn't mean that God is an impossible maths equation, you know, something that we could just never hope to understand and should just give up. No, it's God being a mystery is more like how you don't really know me. Uh, So girls, boys, grown-ups... Uh, you, you know a little bit about me, uh, but you don't know heat. You, know, you can probably deduce that I'm married. Uh, my wife's Chantelle, and we've been married for five and a bit years. Uh, you probably don't know where I was born, though. Now, you might listen to my accent and guess, oh, he's, he's from the US because he says, says R's at the end of his words, and he says y'all instead of you's. Um, or you might guess I'm from India because of my colour. But until I tell you where I'm from, you won't really know, will you? For those of you playing at home, I'm from Bedford in the UK. Uh, where I was born was a mystery to you up until now, up until I revealed it to you. And the great news of the Bible is that God has told us who He is. You see, when when God sent His Son Jesus to Earth, later in the Bible we read Jesus is the exact representation of God. When we get to know Jesus, we get to know God. How awesome is that? See, we get to know God in a way David never got to know him. We get to know even more of God's thoughts than David ever knew, which means we have all the much more reason to praise God. Uh, So, our God is awesome because he knows us. Our God is awesome because he is beyond our knowledge. Thirdly, our God is awesome because he is everywhere. Please look with me at verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And David continues talking about where God is. Uh, What David's saying here is that there is nowhere that he can ever go to get away from God because God is everywhere. God is high and God is low. If you're on top of Mount Kosciuszko surveying New South Wales, God is there. If you're down in the bottom of Bass Strait for whatever reason, God is there. God is everywhere. Which also means there's nowhere we can go to secretly get away from God. You know, down there in verse twelve, David says that even if he went to hide in darkness, in verses eleven and twelve, uh, God would still be there. There is nowhere we can go to secretly hide from God. God will be able to see exactly where David is and exactly what David is doing. Now I think this is a little bit scary. Because when I disobey God, when I don't want to honor him I want to hide. I want darkness. And I reckon we all do it, don't we? Maybe it's an incognito window on your browser. Maybe it's secretly stopping off to buy a bunch of chips and lollies and eat them all before mum knows. There is nowhere we can go that God doesn't know. There is no place we can hide. God is everywhere. Which means that really we only have two options. Option one is to pretend that God can't see us, to to disobey willingly, to ignore him. Or option two is to say sorry to God, to acknowledge that he's seen exactly what we've done. So for all of us here at Trinity Church Allgate today, is there anything you need to say sorry to God for? Well, God is awesome because... He knows us. God is awesome because we can't know him on our own. God is awesome because he is everywhere. And thirdly, God is awesome. fourthly, God is awesome because he is close to us. Uh, please look with me at verses 13 and 14, which you blasters shouldn't even need to look at. You should know it off by heart by now. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. If I praise you, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, God put us together. He stitched us together in our mum's wombs before anyone knew what was going on. You know, God took us like Plato and he just smooshed us and squeezed us and twisted us around to make us exactly the way we are. Have you ever thought about it that way? God has made us exactly the way we are. Even if life's tough, even if we don't know why God made us this way or, or if we don't like the way we're made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made because God made us. God is most definitely worthy of praise. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by an awesome God, a God who is so close to you that he knows exactly how you're made. He knows exactly where every subatomic particle went together. He knows exactly how every mitochondria is functioning right now. He knows exactly each pair of coded DNA that was needed to make you. And he put it all together. Isn't that awesome? So what do we do with a God who is this awesome? Well, David gives us the answer right there. In verse 14, he can't even go on writing about how amazing God is because he just has to stop and praise God. Verse 14, I praise you to sing, to shout, to proclaim how amazing God is. And like David, we can do this too. I mean, we've done this this morning already. With and without actions, we can sing songs that say how wonderful God is. That's what we do together here on, on Sundays at Trinity Church Allgate. And it doesn't just have to be once a week. I mean, you you can listen to playlists of songs filled with praise for God instead of ASAP Rocky. You know, we can praise God by listening and singing along with this sort of music. Another way we can praise God is to tell other people about how amazing he is. Now, maybe you're here today because someone's been telling you how amazing God is. Girls, boys, grown-ups, we praise God when we tell other people about what God has done and who He is, I'm going to pause there. I'm going to invite Gemma to come back up now and uh, keep reading to us. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak with you. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. Thanks, Gemma. Now, I don't know about you, but to me that feels like a real key change. Like we've just gone from you know, song A to the B side of the track and you know, all of a sudden we're hearing something very different. Uh, you know, it's a bad mashup. almost. A lot of people would feel more comfortable if Psalm 139 ended at verse 18. I know I would. Uh, we've gone from talking about God knitting together babies and you know, being very, very comforting and kind to saying, God, slay the wicked. Kill the bloodthirsty. Whatever happened to the gentle, you know, doting God who is nice to praise? But this is a really important part of Psalms. Because if God is really caring, if God is really good, if God is really worthy of praise, he needs to take evil seriously. And lucky for us, our God is awesomely wise, which means he deals with evil in two ways. Well, first, God judges evil. David cries out for God to put an end to evil people. Please look with me at verses 19 and 20 again. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Now, I love kind of campy, cheesy superhero movies, you know, the the great old ones where it's really obvious who the bad guys are. You know, there's the the music playing in the background whenever they show up on screen, probably a trombone playing in the background or whatever. Uh, And then, you know, it shows them with a big moustache and a sinister you know, evil look and a, a great villain laugh. I mean, you know, turn to the person next to you, just give them your best bad guy laugh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. All right, you can, you can continue to practice that afterwards as well. You know, I mean, some of you need to work on it. Um, it's okay, you've got a long way to go. <laughs> that's, that's what these evil doers kind of sound like in David's song, though, isn't it? I mean, they are very obviously evil. They're wicked. They are bloodthirsty. They have evil intent when they speak about God. They misuse God's name. They are rebellion against God. They hate God. They sound like pretty obvious bad guys and bad girls, don't they? But what does it look like to actually hate God? I mean, that seems to be what it all centers around. Well, as far as David is concerned... It's all about being in rebellion against God. All about not treating God as the king who deserves praise. Now, if God is really worthy of praise, then not giving him the praise he deserves is evil. And all of a sudden, when we're we're talking, you know, God judge evil, we're not just talking about those really obvious mustachioed evil doers, We're talking about people who ignore God and don't give him the praise he deserves. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But what the Bible makes clear is that in the end, there are no shades of grey when it comes to giving God praise. Either we've lived all of our lives in rebellion, not giving him the praise he really deserves, or alternatively, we're all in. We give him all our heart in praise. So, you know, for us, just a bit of a a pulse check. Do you think God is right to judge people who, who don't give him praise as enemies right here and right now? I don't say this flippantly. I recognize that we're talking about friends, we're talking about family, we're talking about neighbors or colleagues. Talking about people who, who don't know why God is praiseworthy yet. But the question for us that David certainly brings light here in this song is who do you most identify with? Where is your deepest allegiance? David says loud and clear that he identifies with God. That anyone who calls God their enemy is also calling David their enemy. What about you? Where is your allegiance? Well, we've seen that God sees everything we do and think and say. He knows when we try to hide in darkness. He knows when we don't give him the praise he deserves. God knowing us perfectly and being close to us, all of a sudden, that's kind of scary. But because God is awesomely wise, and not only does he judge evildoers, you know, not only does he judge this rebellion, no, he also leads evildoers out of evil. So please look with me at verses 23 and 24 search me god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting david finishes his psalm right back where he started he asks god to search him and to know him david realizes that just like the wicked people that that he hates he is not protected from rebelling against god he will still want to rebel. He needs God's help to lead him away from evil, to lead him in the way everlasting, which is kind of like when we go to the dentist. Now, girls, boys, grown-ups, lots of people get a bit afraid of going to the dentist, don't they? I mean, I do. Um, Sorry to anyone who's a dentist in here. It's not personal. But what, what are we afraid of? I mean, we're actually afraid that they're going to find something wrong with our teeth that they're going to be able to see something that we can't and that they're going to have to do a painful procedure with scraping and, and, you know, like machete-like weapons. Uh, Yeah. We're terrified that they're going to find something wrong and that they're going to have to do something painful to get it out. But we go to the dentist because we need to. We can't see every inch of our teeth. We can't see all the gunk that's in there. We need help. And it's the same with God. David realizes that he needs God's help to clean out the yucky muck that's building up in his heart. He needs God's help to get away from it, to go in the way everlasting. He needs God's help to see where he's rebellious. He needs God's help to stop doing that and to praise God. So for us today, have you asked God to help you see the evil rebellion in your heart? The good news for us, even though we do have rebellious hearts, the good news for us is that God can lead us in the way of everlasting. God can change us. The same God who knows us is the same God who can save us. He is an awesome God. So let's finish up by praying just like David did. So eyes shut, hands shut. Dear God, you are awesome. Search us, God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Amen.